Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, watch your manners, because we're going to be talking about none other than Emily Post. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Welcome to the Gone Show. I hope that you're having a pleasant evening. I know I am because tonight I'm joined by guests Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Orson Escanaba. Jay is a brain in a jar. Uh, good evening. Thank you. John passed away in the United Kingdom in the first half of the 19th century and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. That about sums it up. And Orson Escanaba is a yeti. Hello. It's been a while since we've had you here in the studio, Mr. Escanaba. If you're looking for an apology, you won't find one. No, I was just going to say that it's good to have you back. That is acceptable. Well, speaking of bad manners, I forgive you. Speaking of bad manners, tonight we're going to be talking about someone who, to this day, is associated with good manners. We're going to be talking about Emily Post. Oh, Emily Post. I believe I've read her work. Which makes perfect sense, because you're one of the most well-mannered people I know, Jay. Uh, Well, it's nice of you to say so. Go on. I'm done. Yes, go on. I'm done. I I see. Good. So, to start at the very beginning, Emily Post was born Emily Price in... 1872 in Baltimore, Maryland. When she was young, she moved with her family to New York and, based upon what I've read, had a very luxurious upbringing, courtesy of her mother, Josephine Price, and her father, Bruce Price, who was an extremely successful architect. For example, she was taught by governesses and educated at private schools, and instead of vacationing during the summer, I would say that she summered. Well, it sounds as though we were cut from the same cloth, and I am quite certain that none of you have ever had the means by which to summer. So let me assure you, being able to use summer as a verb is just as fantastic as you would expect it to be. Do most humans look forward to summer? Yeah, I would say that most do. Ridiculous nonsense. If you get warm during the summer, why don't you just take off your coat? All of this is my hair. Oh, right. My mistake. So, as I was saying, Emily Post lived life in society's upper crust, and that's where she met 
Edwin Post, who would later become her husband. In fact, the two met at a ball in a mansion on New York's Fifth Avenue. I am quite certain that none of you have ever had the means by which to attend a ball. So let me assure you, they are just as fantastic as you would expect them to be. Are you planning on doing this the entire show? I'll try to not take your tone personally. Deep down, I knew that it's simply the attitude of someone who has never been able to attend a ball. Uh, Actually, on one occasion, I had the privilege of attending a charity ball. Someone held a ball for charity. No offense, but that provincial poser had no business hosting a ball. There are balls and there are charities, and never the twain shall meet, huh, John? Exactly. Just like digestifs and hors d'oeuvres. Oh, of course. Perish the thought. Anyway, the two were married in 1892 and had two sons. Unfortunately, not even the affluent can be guaranteed love. And in 1905, following a number of extramarital affairs committed by Edwin, Emily divorced her husband. Uh, That's unfortunate. Up until now, all of it sounded like a fairy tale. If ever a yeti is unfaithful to his or her mate, the dishonored yeti is honor-bound to throw a rock that measures no smaller than the head of an adult yak at the genitals of the unfaithful yeti. It's basically the same thing with us, but we hire lawyers to inflict misery on the other person. That's barbaric. All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll talk about how Emily Post became synonymous with good manners and how, to this day, an educational institute continues her work. We're going to be talking about a modern-day educational institution that teaches refined behavior. Yeah, I see. Okay. We'll be right back. Trees. They're important. They're beautiful. But come fall, their leaves can be a nuisance. Whether you spend hours raking your own yard or pay a bundle to have the raking done for you, those leaves are a burden. But they don't have to be. Say goodbye to leaves forever with Leave Me Alone. Leave Me Alone is the safe and effective formula that ensures another leaf will never touch your yard. And it's simple to use. Every spring, simply drive the Leave Me Alone stake into the ground near the trunk of your tree. Over time, the patented Leave Me Alone formula will be delivered into the tree, where it will begin reacting with its leaves. This chemical reaction increases the buoyancy of those leaves until, come fall, when the trees shed those leaves, they float up and away into the sky, instead of littering your yard. Find Leave Me Alone at your local home improvement store. Leave Me Alone. Things are looking up, and those things are leaves. Welcome back to the Gone Show. 
Welcome back to The Gone Show. On tonight's episode, I'm joined by Jay Stewart, Orson Escanaba, and yes, John Mitten has made it back into the studio. Where did you go during the break, John? You don't usually leave the studio during a break. Do you? I just fluted outside to get some fresh air, don't you know? It's perfectly natural. Okay, let's get back to tonight's topic, which... Ew, a telephone call. How exciting. I wonder who it could be. You usually get nervous when the telephone rings. Boulder Dash, I love the telephone and all who use it. You had better answer it. It could be anyone. How exciting. I guarantee you, it's not a talking potato. Hello, caller, you're on the Gone Show. That's a relief, because that's the number I dialed. (laughs) Oh, my, that was so quick-witted and funny. And who's calling, please? I always forget. If you have caller ID, it probably just comes up as awesome. Oh, my, this person, whom, to my knowledge, I've never met, is absolutely charming. Listen, awesome, we're in the middle of recording an episode. Who are you and what the hell do you want? Yeah, this is Tom Wajahowski. My friends call me Tom Waj. Goodness gracious me, Thomas, is that you? I didn't recognize your voice. You two know each other? Oh, absolutely. Thomas happens to be a student of mine at Mad Jack's Charm School for the Modern Gent. Is that a fact? Uh, Well, isn't that nice? How many students? do you have now, John? Ew, I don't know. We at MJCSMG tend to focus more on quality than quantity. No, I'm curious too. How many students do you have, John? Ew, I don't have the roster in front of me. Take a guess. I believe it's just Thomas at the moment, but we're going through a bit of a transitional period and rollover and synergy fascinating and why are you calling tom yeah i'd heard that you were talking about the emily post institute tonight really i haven't even mentioned the name of that institution yet how did you find out that that's what we were going to be talking about him. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but uh, I just thought I'd call in and mention that Mad Jack's Charm School for the Modern Gent, or MJCSMG, is the world's leading charm school for the men of today. And unlike other educational institutions that might have been founded back in, uh, oh, I don't know, 1946, offers a fresh, exciting approach to teaching gentlemanly manners. I see. By chance, were you reading from a piece of paper, Tom? My word, is this an interrogation? Yes. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Tom. I'd say give my best to your fellow students and your talented instructor, but you don't have any of those things. That's it. I've been in relationships that lasted longer than... You know, I've come to truly cherish the student-teacher relationship. 
If you ever do anything like that ever again, first off, I don't understand the accusation. Second, isn't it fantastic that listeners now know that this Emily post-secondary institution or whatever that fly-by-night organization is doesn't hold a candle to my own MJCSMG. Don't do it again. I will say, John, if your school isn't growing as quickly as you'd hoped, don't be discouraged. It takes time to create something from scratch. Or in this case, stark raving madness. Now, getting back to tonight's topic, after Emily's children were enrolled in a boarding school, Post turned to writing. She wrote articles on various topics for several magazines, and from... 1904 to 1910, five novels that she had written were published, and eventually in 1922, her book entitled Etiquette in Society, in Business, in Politics, and at Home was published, and that's the work that turned her into an authority on etiquette. It sounds to me as though she simply fell into it. I suppose that's the difference between me and Emily Post, though. No, and I assure you, there are many differences between you and Emily Post. So, according to my research, books on etiquette were not new at the time, but Post took a new take on the subject matter by using stories to educate readers. And perhaps as a result of that, etiquette in society, in business, in politics, and at home became a bestseller. And an enduring one at that. Apparently the 19th edition just came out a few years ago. I suppose good manners never go out of style, nor the punishment for bad manners. Speaking of enduring legacies, as previously mentioned by by Tom Wodge. The Emily Post Institute was founded by Post in 1946 and continues to this day to offer people training on etiquette and good manners. And what I'm about to say is unprecedented for this show, but I'd like to say that I fully endorse the Emily Post Institute as the single best educational institution of its kind in the entire world. If you go anywhere else to learn how to, for example, be a gentleman, you have made a terrible, terrible mistake. If I weren't a gentleman. As we begin to wrap things up, Post passed away in 1960, but I found that several of her relatives have continued her legacy and are now themselves involved in etiquette education. Sounds a bit like nepotism to me. Really, 
all I hear is jealousy. Anyway, in the spirit of good manners, which you can always learn more about by visiting the greatest institution of its kind, the Emily Post Institute, it would be rude to overstay our welcome. So to my guests and listeners, thank you. And until next time, good evening and good gone. You, sir, wound me. Would it be gentlemanly to offer to help? The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show was a presentation of BoomTube. B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.